It is a Wednesday, I think, the 27th day of July. Hold on. Oh, boy. This is a mess. Uh, 2022. I apologize for uh, neglecting to record last week, and I'm sure all two or three of my listeners are terribly upset by that. Or, uh, as is far more likely, they simply moved on to something more productive of time. We've come to a bit of a crossroads, cross, cross, crossroads, crossroads, crossroads here at the Broadcast Palace in that I'm not entirely sure that I want to continue with this format of a podcast. I still love the idea, uh, mainly in that I think it can be used as a sounding board for listeners to get things off their chest, so to speak, and to, to whine and complain and kvetch. Um, but it hasn't turned out that way, which is fine. You know, it is what it is. Having said that, I, I do think I'll continue it in some form just because, again, I like doing it. Uh, but, you know, shorter episodes, listener voicemail, should they come in, and, and three gripes. You know, it's a, it'd be an outlet for me, but also not the, the, the same kind of format that I've been running here for the last couple of years now. I, I, and, and, I, and part of it is I, I don't think the constant whining about things entirely out of my control uh, for over an hour every week has, has really been good for my mental health. In the beginning, it was an outlet. It was, you know, because everybody was was locked inside and I was unemployed and, uh, you know, needed something to do. Now I'm just unemployed and I'm not locked inside. And I don't really think that it's doing myself uh, a service anymore. You know, I mean, look, every it's complaining is a completely natural and and, and, uh, common thing. But to, to to have more or less, I don't want to say my life revolves around the podcast because it really doesn't. It's a very minor part, but it is a it's a part. And I think that's you know something that I, I I'm struggling to to deal with. I don't know. Um, I was handed a great idea for for a different pod by a Twitter follower, uh, acquaintance, pal, chum, whatever you want to call him, Drew. Uh, I asked for ideas with what to do with my footballandporn.com domain. I had talked about football and porn previously, which is how I even came up with the idea to, you know, snag the, the domain name. And his reply was outstanding, so much so that I'm contemplating it. But uh, it won't involve actual pornography every week. So please, uh, you know, whatever. Just a, a spin on the word porn. Uh, but there's work involved with that format. And I'm not sure if I want to make that kind of commitment because really... With this particular podcast, there is very little work to do. It's, hey, you come up with an idea, or you, th- you think of something, you write it down, and you format it into your your, your script every week, and, and there you go. And sure, I've got fuck all to do at the moment, but, you know, the plan is for that to end at some point, soon, hopefully. So uh, that's where things stand at Complaints HQ. Not really sure how this is going to progress, but in the meantime, I'll, I'll probably continue doing it this way for a little bit until I decide to change things, in which case I'll, uh, you know, share it with, with my two or three listeners and, and kind of go from there. So there you go.
this week, though, um, talking about uh, political swag, strip clubs, voicemails, and um, the top 10 humans list. I have taken suggestions. I've taken uh, thoughts, no prayers, um, and, and compiled a list of top 10 people. It's not the list, of course, but it's a list. Constantly fluid. That's all right here, right now, on episode 126 of Complaints and Observations. Still the most less than average podcast on the internet. With a host who's the smartest person in the room when he's the only one there. A continuing odyssey into mediocrity. Guaranteed to make you question your life choices and your own sanity. This is Complaints and Observations with Dave LaPointe. Who the hell is Dave LaPointe? I think he's a bum. I think he's an absolute bum. What's going on? How you doing? Good? Good? I asked that sort of in jest. Not really. I should say that. That's kind of rude. Right? It is kind of rude. I, I do care. Trust me, I care. Uh, I apologize for the intro. It's just kind of a... Um, you know, how I'm feeling sort of a thing. Again, you know, when, when you get anywhere between 20 and 50 listens a week, it doesn't really uh, matter, per se. So, uh, yeah. I I, I had a, a script here, and I, boy, this is off to a, off to a fucking rousing start, eh? <laughs> eh? <laughs> oh man hey one thing i did want to mention i wrote this down the term get fucked like if you're yelling at somebody like hey get fucked underused so if you're pissed at somebody the next time you're you're in the middle of a you know bit of a tiff if you will say hey get fucked and then walk away and you've won the argument Get fucked. That's pretty good. Um, boy, I'm a little lost today. I'm terribly sorry. What did I want to talk about? I'm not really sure. I don't know. I'm a little, I'm a little fuzzy brained at the moment. Fuzzy brained? Jesus Christ, David! You've made a shitty podcast even shittier. Um. Wow. Like I, I have something here, and I, it, it's, it's um, something I wanted to talk about, but I, I don't know if I really want to talk about it now. I don't know. It's, it, it's fucking. I don't know. So there's somebody down the street, two people down the street from my house here that they have flags in front of their house. One of the flags says FJB, like. E-F-F-J-A-Y-B-E-E. 
FJB. And if you're not familiar, that's supposed to mean fuck Joe Biden. And then across the street, there's somebody with a flag. It just says fuck Biden as if it's a directive of some kind. Like, hey, hey, go fuck Biden. If you see him, fuck him. (laughs) See what happens. The way the Secret Service is, they'll probably let you. But it just made me think, like, what has to be going through your brain when you're buying something like that, right? Like, again, and I've said this time and time again, like, Joe Biden is far, far, far from perfect. He's better than the last guy, but the bar is so low, it doesn't really matter. It's just, you know, that's like, let's say 25 bucks a whack, right, for those flags. And when you put that in front of your house, you're basically telling people who are on the other side of you politically that you're a crazy person. Or people that are on your side of the fence politically are going to, you know, drive by and beep and be very excited that you've put up that directive to say, fuck Biden. Maybe they mean Jill. I don't know. Or maybe they mean Hunter. Maybe they play on that side of the street. I don't know. I just find it so amusing that for whatever reason, that particular uh, side of the aisle loves loves uh, buying shit to declare their love for their particular candidate. And it's not just the fuck JB and it's the fuck Trump people too, because, but at the same time, it really wasn't as prevalent. It was around, don't get me wrong. But I mean, it's just, you can, it's fine to like disagree with the president. That's part of the way that this country is, is built and put together is that you're supposed to, and it's fine if you do. That's the whole idea. But the spending money on all the fucking dumb shit. Like you've been conned into buying that crap. It's like, oh, you you don't you don't feel the way that you do if you don't buy this fuck JB sign and put it out in front of your yard. Like, what? I've just added a shirt to the merch store. You should check it out. And it falls in line. It's it's the kind of thing that, you know, hopefully will be worn with pride by rationally thinking adults. I doubt it, but still. I just find it so hilarious how absurdly divided politics has made the, the, the general population of this country over the course of the last, I don't know. I'll I'll say eight years. I don't really think it's that long, to be honest. But I'll say eight years because that's probably when it started. Maybe even more than that. But the way that the way that some people on the right react to Donald Trump, it, it still it still fascinates me. And it's not just him. It, it's all of them. Like none of them care about you personally. None of them. You're nothing more uh, than than a faceless number to them. And that number is one. It's one vote. That's it. And sure, there's going to be some cash behind it because they're all going to come begging for money. All of them. Doesn't matter who they are. Doesn't matter what their stance is. All of them. They're all begging you for money. 
But plastering your yard or your car or your body with this garbage is just a dead giveaway that you're a fucking idiot. And I'm sorry to say that. I really am. I just, I, and I, I don't really think it's intentional. I just think that you've been brainwashed into believing something. It's akin to religion. And it, it, you know how much I fucking don't like religion. But the people that are so, like, upfront about their religion, it's the same fucking thing. You're equally as obsessed. What's the difference? It's it's both both of them are a cult. And then when someone tries to present, you know, facts, you you scoff and laugh at them. I heard a a, a great interview with Rob Delaney, the, the comedian Rob Delaney, comedian actor, whatever. He uh, he lives in England. He's a card-carrying socialist. And he made a good point. He's like, look, I, I don't care who you vote for. I just want you to be uh, healthy. I want you to have a job. I want you to have a home. Like, it was the most uh, simple and easy way to sort of describe your feelings or what your feelings really should be. Now, do you have to be a card-carrying socialist? No, I don't think so. It's just... In this particular instance, he happens to uh, subscribe to their particular list of beliefs, which again, bit cultish, if you ask me. But I think his basic sort of uh, line of thinking there, like you don't you don't hate America, you you don't hate Americans, uh, you just sort of hate where things have gone, right? At least that's what I think. And I don't know why I got into this. This is not what was in the script. I don't know. I guess I'm feeling a little off today. It's not doesn't again doesn't make for a good program, does it? And again, nothing really makes for a good program. But here we are. Um. So yeah, so go to the uh, the merch store bonfire.com. You can search for complaints and observations. You'll find it top of the top of the store page. Um, you know, I think it's pretty good. Others might not, but, you know, that's sort of how things go, right? And it, it just kind of, it caught me. It was one of these things where I saw that. I'm like, oh, this is just fucking stupid. And I've driven by them 80,000 fucking times. But, uh, so, you know, it, it's just, <laughs> it looks like a, uh, you know, it looks like a yard sign. It just says, obsessed with a politician, 2022. It comes in gray or red. And I think it's a good shirt. $22.99. You know how much I'm making on this? 60 cents. 60 cents. It's because you don't sell any, Dave, but whatever. It is what it is. On the back, there's the show logo. There's the hashtag. Tell your friends. Bonfire.com. And you can search complaints and observations. And, uh, and there you go. Check it out. Yeah. Uh, last weekend, uh, another visit to the, uh, oh, gee, sorry, another visit to the strip club. There was another birthday in the group, uh, this time my wife. And uh, so we went to Hibachi, and then we went to the strip club, as we are now wont to do. Apparently, this is a thing. 
it will probably continue. It's usually fun. Not gonna complain. Uh, the quality of the talent has gone down uh, quite a bit over the course of uh, since we started this thing, which is only a couple of years now, which I find amusing. So it makes me wonder if what's going on at the boardroom cabaret, uh, FKA, the foxy lady Brockton. A handful of um, observances. It One, it was a slow night. So, like, what is a slow night at a strip club? E-gads. E-gads is the right word for it. Just not... Uh, <laughs> you just feel bad. Because, obviously, you know, they rely on uh, a, a large audience to tip them and to tip them well. And so if they don't have a large audience, well, then, not, you know, theoretically, they're not going to be tipped well. But I think part of that is that you, and I say you in a, in a sense that, you know, the, the, the stripper you or the dancer you, do you even call them strippers anymore? Or do you, or is it just exotic dance? I, I got a feeling that stripper is not the proper Nomenclature. I don't know. I'll have to I have to look into that. Um, but I would imagine that the you know the stripper will then use uh, her feminine charm to uh, to secure like one admirer for the evening. I, you know, and I'm, if you've ever been to a strip club, then my guess is that you've seen that, but. I would imagine that when it's slow, that you have to work a little bit harder to do that. But, um, yeah, it was funny. It, it One of the things that I noticed is that like, somebody threw, like crumpled up a dollar bill into a bowl and threw it not at the dancer, but onto the stage. And... The stripper then complained to security about this guy who threw the ball. And I'm thinking to myself, what the? I mean, I, I guess maybe that's like a sign. Maybe that's a sign. Like in the long list of, um, you know, shit that dudes will do at a strip club that can eventually turn into something a bit more. Uh, like that might be on the list. Like they, th they start throwing things at the, at the dancers. So you try to nip that in the bud. Maybe that's what it was. Maybe, maybe that, yeah, I think that could make sense. Yeah. That's what I think. But it's like, okay. One of the things that she said, she, you know, was like the quality of the bill. Like, how am I supposed to use it? It's like, okay, well you just unwrap it and fold it up. It's not the end of the world. And it just got me thinking like, do they, when they, when they get dollar bills that aren't of the, the quality that are handed out at the strip club, do they complain? <laughs> Balled up, old, torn, wet, whatever. Because <laughs> every time you get ones at the strip club, they're quality ones. They're not brand new because those are a pain in the ass. Um, but they're not like torn or bald or, you know, they're in good shape. 
They're in, they're good shape ones. So it's, it just I would I would assume that they have a relationship with a particular bank who manages to secure old ones for them. It's like a <laughs> it's like a not quite a money laundering scheme, but you know, they physically launder the new ones so that they're old. <laughs> no, this is actual money laundering, sir. We are physically and literally laundering your ones. <laughs> That's funny only to me. Um, but one of the things that, that we learned is that Motley Crue is on the outs at the strip club. It, you know, it doesn't hold the same cachet that it once did, you know. Girls, girls, girls um, used to be the strip club banger. I, You know. I don't know if we even heard it. We might have. But you know what we heard a lot of? The weekend. Like three times. I don't, I don't even know if it was three different songs. Who the fuck knows? I don't know his catalog, so I couldn't even tell you. Uh, there were a bunch of voicemails left. Uh, my buddy Matt. I, I think my buddy Jeff. I don't know. Uh, and myself. Unfortunately, couldn't understand any of them. Uh, the Google Translate machine was pretty funny. And that one, let me see if I can't pull it up. Um, this was at 1.36 a.m. And Google thought that the message from my pal Matt said, quote, What happened? This Chevy equipment, really? Crackers the butthole. That was it. <laughs> Crackers the Butthole, awesome band name. There you go. If you're in a punk band, there's the next name of your band, Crackers the Butthole. Congratulations. Um, but, so there was one girl who was dancing, uh, and she was wearing like a neon green outfit. It looked like she was uh, standing out half naked, uh, directing traffic in Rhode Island at a construction zone. And uh, so it's it's two for one, you know. the The music plays. It's time for it's time for the two for one. The girls get off the stage and they go around. And they look for suckers uh, to give a lap dance to. And this young lass comes right over to me. And you know, because I'm a guy, I immediately stand up. But my good sense kicked in right away. I looked at my darling saintly wife, and I asked, "Is you okay?" And she said, yep, and then handed me money. Okay, off I went for what was, and look, this is, this is not a cover, this is not a ploy, I am not a liar, so this is a completely honest statement. Uh, this girl was very attractive, but uh, I had to pee the entire time. <laughs> now listen, if you have a penis right? And you have to pee. Makes it kind of difficult to, uh, you know, to get excited, right? Now, look, that's not to say that I would generally get excited by these things, but the fact that I had to pee and she kept sitting on me, I was dangerously close 
two peeing myself. Not really, but still. Uh, once this was over, I immediately went to the bathroom. That was my next move. I had to pee. But this girl was very unkempt, and it was very off-putting. Uh, she smelled terrible, the poor thing. I felt bad, but she smelled awful. And look, it's probably because she's been dancing, and she's working up a sweat, but my guess is, hey, backstage in your locker, there should be some deodorant. Put it on. At one point, she, like, had her arm not around me, but, like, you know, her her arm behind me, so that when I looked over to my left, it, there was her armpit right in my face, and I immediately had to turn away. It was not good. She spent the entire time talking about uh, her day, which consisted of being on her friend's boat. I don't know how honest that was, but still. She smelled like she'd been on a boat all day. Um, you know, I... I between that and she, what was she talking? Oh, um, her niece was asking her to uh, take her to Elton John, which was taking place apparently that evening at uh, Gillette Stadium. So this was not not my uh, typical. It, it, I don't know. My luck with lap dances has been horrible for a very long time. I don't know if I've ever talked about the lap dance that I got at my bachelor party down in South Carolina. It was not good. I was very drunk, very hungover, and the girl, like, bounced on my, not on my lap, but essentially on my stomach, and I burped, and she's like, did you just burp? I'm like, yeah, and that was pretty much the end of the lap dance, and it, thankfully, it was the end of the lap dance. It was not all that great, and uh, as my friends will attest, the talent there was ghastly, to say the least. There were two strip clubs right across the street from from one another, and I swear to God, it was just, I don't know. We only went to one, and we spent most of the time uh, watching the Red Sox game on a very large TV right behind the bar with <laughs> relatively cheap beers. So it wasn't the worst visit, but the strippers were ugh, not good. Um. The last, the last quality lap dance I ever had was my buddy's, my buddy Jeff's bachelor party. That was phenomenal. But I, I, I think that uh, the stripper gods have smited me in some way because now everything after that has just been terrible. I used up all my, all my, <laughs> all my stripper, all my good stripper luck that that one evening. <laughs> It's funny. Again, only to me, but it's funny. Um, so, of course, you know, after all this, my wife then uh, suddenly had a problem with it, even though I asked her. And she said yes. And then she handed me money. Uh, she had an issue with that. And look, fine. I get it. I apologized. I apologize again. I'm sorry. Won't do it again. Um, but, yeah, she felt the need. She needed to call in and share. Hi, I'd like to um, leave an anonymous message. Um, I'm one of your listeners and curious to see what your other three listeners' um, opinions would be on husbands getting a lap dance from a stripper on their wife's birthday while their wife is present. Personally, for me, I find it disrespectful. I don't know if other people feel about it. 
but it is a complaint and an observation. And again, curious to see how your other three listeners um, would feel about it. Thanks, Dave. I forgot that she said it was anonymous. That's my mistake. I apologize, dear. Um, <clears throat> so there you have it. Uh, I'm curious, you know, my other two or three listeners, uh, as she was uh, wont to point out there, uh, I'm very curious as to your reaction. Now, one of the, two of the things that she left out, uh, one is that, you know, I asked her, she said yes. And two, she then handed me money. And three should be that it wasn't that good, but you know that's neither here nor there. that. That last part is not really the point. Um, you know, if I was actively running around the place like securing lap dances, yes, that would be very disre- disrespectful, um, and I would agree wholeheartedly. However, uh, that did not happen. And on, and we've been Christ, how many times have we been to this fucking thing now? Like three or four times now. Jesus Christ. Meanwhile, everyone's getting massages. Who Guess who didn't get a massage? Me. Wanna know why? Because I'm a better person. <laughs> All right, let's, uh, let's get off of strippers for a second and move on to something a tad more uh, wholesome, I guess better. So I had asked uh, for of course for a couple of weeks uh, for for folks on uh, the various social media channels to provide me with who they thought would be on their uh, list of top 10 humans. Now the idea was to get you know uh, consensus and suggestions and and compile a list of people worthy of, of, of you know, praise of some kind from a, uh, a podcast that typically does the complete opposite. So, um, I have, I, I, I got a list, all right, and then I, I sprinkled a couple of my own in here as well. But there were a handful of people that were, were nominated a couple times, and there were a handful of people that uh, were nominated in jest. Um, there are a handful of people that were nominated for reasons I can't figure. Um, but I think for the most part, I have what I consider to be a a very uh, decent and solid list of people. Now, the good thing about the top 10 humans list is that I think it is very fluid. As I mentioned earlier, it can change constantly. New humans can develop and enter the list. So, I mean, it could be the kind of thing that changes on a, on a week-to-week, day-to-day, month-to-month, year-to-year basis, hour-to-hour, you know? But it's interesting. And it's also interesting, like, some of the, the some of the people that are nominated or that are suggested. Like, for example, Tom Brady came up twice. I I like Tom Brady, don't get me wrong. Love the Patriots. But I mean, what what is it that Tom Brady has done other than play football that would make him a top 10 human? 
And maybe, and here's the thing about Tom, right? It wouldn't surprise me. I shouldn't even say that because it kind of goes into the, you know, flies in the face of what I'm trying to say here. But you don't you don't hear about, you know, charitable efforts. And I'm sure there is a, a charity that's involved because that's how rich people avoid paying taxes. I don't know. But I mean, just to say that he's a top 10 human because he's won seven Super Bowls, I think that's kind of, I don't know, I think it's kind of dumb, if you ask me. Now, on the other side of the coin, one of the people that was nominated and who I agree with, John Cena. And I'll tell you why. John Cena, if you don't know, uh, has granted more wishes through the Make-A-Wish Foundation than anyone else in the history of that particular program. And to me, it's those kind of things that make a human uh, a top 10 human, right? So John Cena is on the list. Now, there is no particular order here. This is just 10 people, okay? Um, someone who was nominated three times, Dolly Parton. And if you're not familiar with Dolly Parton, the amount of work that she's done, uh, honestly, it's it's fascinating and it's vast. That woman has been donating books to like to schools across, uh, I think it's Kentucky or Tennessee, for decades, decades. And there's way more than that. And the, and the, the downside to it is that, you know, I'm not going to be able to, to wax poetic on each and every one of these people. Um, mainly because I'm lazy. But there are some that I do know and that I'm familiar with and I will talk about. Dolly Parton, I, would, I need to do far more uh, digging and research into it. But the top layer is impressive. And the, the charitable work that she's done through, she's what? She's in her 80s, yeah? Late 70s, early 80s, something like that. How old is she? Dolly. Dolly Parton. Dolly Parton is 76. I'm terribly sorry, Miss Parton. I did not mean to say that you were in your 80s. But, I mean, it, it, she's 76 years old. She's been in the public eye for, Christ, damn near 50 years. Um... But I mean, like she, she's she donates money. Apparently, there was um, you know a, a fire in the uh, Great Smoky Mountains, and she donated a thousand dollars per month for six months to families who lost their home. I mean, that's got to be huge for these people. She donated a bunch of money to uh, to Vanderbilt to their medical center. She also donated, I, I wish I could remember the actual, like where the money went. I don't know if it also went to Vanderbilt, but basically to do work um, on the, on the, uh, the COVID vaccine. It's amazing. She, all of her profits from, from Dollywood go to all of her, uh, you know, various uh, charities uh, you know, donate, like I said, donated, uh, all kinds of money to, uh, you know, AIDS and, and HIV foundations, uh, animal rights, cancer treatments, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's amazing. It really is amazing. So Dolly Parton, a top 10 human, John Cena, a top 10 human, John Cena. Good for you. I, I, I got to figure out 
this is what happens when you do these things late. You know, John Cena, make, make a wish. Let's see. 650. And that was as of last month. So he's probably over that. 650. That's fucking unbelievable. That's crazy. 650. So that's 650 kids who he has personally touched their lives. And all because he's a fucking professional wrestler who was like a, a fake rapper when he first got there. Crazy. Uh, Nelson Mandela speaks for himself. Ended apartheid in, in South Africa. So good on you, Mr. Mandela. The kind of the kind of person that if you're not either a historian or South African, that you're not going to really know a ton about. But then once you read into it and see what he did for the common people of South Africa, and then for the world, basically, you know? Nelson Mandela. Uh, Bob Ross was nominated twice. And, you know, I thought, about, okay, what the fuck, Bob Ross? Well, then I was told that I have to watch the Bob Ross documentary. I haven't done it. I will do it. So I'm going to put a pin into Bob Ross. He's on there, but I'm putting I'm putting a pin in it. I need to see what the deal is with Bob Ross, okay? Uh, Fred Rogers. Fred Rogers was the impetus of this entire list. When I said on Twitter that he is a top 10 human, well, I think I said one of the best humans, and then somebody commented, uh, a dear friend, uh, Mike from Uber, commented, uh, that he's a top 10 human. It made me, it got me thinking, okay, well, top 10 human, Fred Rogers. Um, did more for uh, ch uh, children's education and children's learning in the 60s and 70s than any of us will probably ever know. Spearheaded the advancement of public television in this country. Uh, saved public television in this country because my guess is if, if you know, some folks had their way, they would get rid of public television, even though it's mostly funded by donations these days. It's not really funded by, it's you know, there are a handful of grants and whatnot that are government funded, but it's very, very small in terms of percentage of their annual budget. Um, was one of the first people to, to put um, like gay people on television, black people on television, gay black people on television. Mr. Rogers. And he had uh, the same style for about 30 years, which, you know, it plays. Uh, Jose Andres, Chef Jose Andres. If you haven't watched the the documentary that Ron Howard put out about Chef Jose, you're missing out. This dude, one, he fucking works his ass off, and he has basically served, I think, over a million meals now in Ukraine. Uh, to people that are uh, all these various border crossings going into town, into towns across the country, feeding people nonstop. And he started in Haiti and then went to Puerto Rico. And, and the amount of work that World Central Kitchen has done over the course of the last, you know, eight to nine years is astounding. It's absolutely astounding. It's mind blowing. And he's done it at you know, the sacrifice of, of his family. The guy runs a, a restaurant empire, yet uh, on the side, he's running this unbelievably uh, incredible and successful, in, in terms of you know feeding folks, 
it's 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 crazy. It's absolutely crazy the amount of of work in, that he's put into this thing, and in the, the amount of time that has gone into it, and the amount of people that he's managed to touch uh, over the course of, of however many years this has been going on. And in a sort of sort of similar vein, somebody on Twitter met, said a name to me that I had never heard in my life. Norman Borlaug, B-O-R-L-A-U-G, Norman Borlaug. I'm like, who the fuck is this guy? I thought it was a gag. So I looked into it. It's not a gag. He was a uh, an agronomist, which is essentially, um, you know, an agriculturist, someone in the professional uh, realm of, of science and practice of agriculture and agribusiness. But he uh, he managed um, to to invent uh, various strains and yields of wheat that have essentially saved millions and millions and millions of people from hunger. Going all the way back uh, to the 1960s, and some of his strains are still used today. Uh, high yield, disease resistant uh, wheat varieties. Doubling uh, crops in Mexico, Pakistan, India, and you know some of these countries that were basically going hung- hungry eventually became exporters uh, of wheat. Nobel Peace Prize winner in 1970. Uh, man lived until he was 95, and he was basically still working up until almost until the day that he died. It is a very, very fascinating and interesting story. Uh, what he managed to do to advance and to essentially stave off hunger in, in a number of places throughout the planet. So look him up, Norman Borlaug, B-O-R-L-A-U-G. And in, in another sort of similar vein, in terms of people that have done something for uh, the greater, you know, betterment of society, uh, my pal Matt uh, suggested Henry Ford. Henry Ford changed the way that the world traveled. It makes perfect sense. From what I understand, though, Henry Ford was kind of a douche. But what he did to revolutionize, uh, you know, travel, automobiles, um, you know, just manufacturing and production is un it's unrivaled. There's really like who else who else contributed that much to to how society moves and and builds and makes things besides Henry Ford. There's an interesting story about what Henry Ford tried to do in I want it was either Brazil or um or Argentina, I think it was Brazil in terms of a rubber um, factory in Brazil. That's the kind of shit that's like, okay, eh, you know, not really ideal, not really great, but, you know, not everyone's perfect. And in that vein, another person on the Complaints and Observations Top 10 Humans list, Winston Churchill. Uh, this also came from uh, uh, Mike and Woburn. Quote, a very flawed individual 
who single-handedly saved the world from fascist rule, end quote. 100% factual. And that doofus FDR kind of waddled his way backward into it and only really got into it, you know, when the Japanese fucking bombed Pearl Harbor. Had the Japanese not made that move, right, and FDR decided to get in or, you know, Eleanor decided to get in, uh, Churchill would have been fucking screwed. So the Japanese fucked themselves, uh, you know, fucked the 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 uh, the Axis powers by by doing by making a mistake and doing something that they didn't need to do. But Churchill, standing alone essentially, trying to fight uh, the Germans, the Italians. Uh, yeah, not good. But Churchill was a very shrewd man, and again, very flawed. But he had a singular focus, and it was to win this war, to make sure that we didn't fucking fall into a fascist rule, which, you know, uh, the Russians didn't want it. And, and, you know, my guess is that Stalin probably would have gotten jealous you know, if uh, if Hitler happened to, to succeed in, in pushing all the way into England, he probably would have got jealous and said, okay, I need to do something else because I don't want this guy ruling the world. So it would have been interesting to see how that proceeded. But, uh, so that's that, yeah. And last, uh, Albert Einstein. I couldn't tell you the first fucking thing about anything he did in terms of, like, the details of it, but, you know, the, his scientific contributions are unparalleled and a top 10 human it's basically you know theory of relativity and all that other garbage that i don't understand i'm too stupid to actually understand and then i started looking to see if any you know how many of his ancestors are still alive and there's actually one who is relatively active on twitter which i thought was kind of funny um yeah <clears throat> so there you go 10 people Top 10 humans for today. Honorable mention. There's a kid out in Indiana. His name is Nick Bostick. 25 years old. Last week, or the week prior, uh, Nick Bostick was delivering pizza in Indiana. And drove past a house that was on fire. This fucking kid, making probably, you know, four bucks an hour plus tips delivering pizza. Maybe not four, but whatever. Gets out of his car, runs into the burning house, and, and and saves four kids in that fire. Four, like, can you fucking believe that? He was delivering fucking pizza and saw this house on fire. He got out of the car and ran into the house. This was before the firefighters showed up. And the vi- there's a video, firefighters show up, like, oh, there's, there's a, the pizza guy's in the house. And they're like, what? What do you mean the pizza guy's in the house? He came out, and he, he got the three kids that uh, that, he, that he had, and then one of them said that their six-year-old sister was still in the house. So not only did he go in and save those three kids, he dropped those three kids off and then turned around and went back inside. He goes back inside. He goes upstairs, and, you know, the whole fucking house is engulfed in flames. 
and he heard something downstairs goes down or no was it did he go downstairs or upstairs he must have been downstairs and then went upstairs because he heard something he broke a window and they jumped out the second floor window unfucking believable like that is a top 10 human it that's fucking crazy to me you like to think that you would do something right that you would that you would do something like that you would like to think that don't you because i certainly would like to think that i would do that but i could tell you in all actuality i probably wouldn't fucking do that and I'm not ashamed to admit it. But this fucking kid, bumfuck Indiana, delivering pizzas, goes into a burning house and saves fucking four kids. And, he, you know, he got like a gash in his arms and smoke inhalation. And then rightfully so, somebody created a GoFundMe page and apparently it raised like $300,000. Good for him. He deserves every fucking dime. And he should go into that pizza joint and fuck, tell him to fuck off. And look, you don't know the backstory with this kid at all. You don't know what the deal is. But in that split second, he made a decision that changed the, the course of, the, of, of life for four people. Fucking unbelievable. It, it's crazy as hell. And that's it. That's it for the complaints and observations top 10 humans if you have a top 10 human that was not mentioned uh feel free to share because there's a lot of people that i didn't that were you know suggested that i didn't include uh but i'd love more and and here's the thing okay we're not including like jesus christ we're not including muhammad we're not including any other supposed deity we're not no I'm talking like, and, and look, people will say, well, they were actual people. Yeah, okay, whatever. Sure. I, I don't disagree that they were, that they did live, but they were mentally ill. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a terrible thing to say. Huh? Uh, but we're not including them. So, you know, I, I need verifiable uh, you know, the proof that these people existed and did what they, you know, have been said to have done. So, like, Aristotle is on the list, right? I don't know if I can include Aristotle because it's a little old, right? Uh, Leonardo da Vinci. His stuff is just not entirely verified. He was more of a painter, and then he put a bunch of stuff in notebooks, which the stuff in the notebooks was fucking fascinating, but he didn't actually do any of those things. He just kind of wrote them down. So, I mean, you could say that about a lot of people just kind of wrote stuff down. I don't know. Uh, Nikola Tesla was somebody that I thought of, of adding in, but then his name has been su sullied. So the Elon Musk is a fucking <laughs> creepy looking dude. Did you see that guy with no fucking shirt on? Oh my God. <laughs> somebody posted on twitter uh like a see-through photo or drawing i should say of elon musk and it was basically like a uh, like a little alien inside of elon musk 
it's tough to explain, but it was funny. All right, I got to get out of here. Uh, okay, yeah. Okay. Uh, as it is uh, Wednesday, it's time for everyone's favorite part of the show, the end, and three grapes. Three grapes. Grape number one, fitted sheets. Here are my issues. First, there's no point in folding a fitted sheet. Second, it's damn near impossible to do so so that it's flat. Third, it's eventually covered up by top sheets or blankets or comforters or whatever. So why do I need to care about a wrinkled fitted sheet? You don't need to. It's a, you roll it up, you smush it down. And you put it in a drawer or you put it wherever you put your sheets, a linen closet, whatever. There is zero reason to fold a fitted sheet. Get the fuck out of here with that. Gripe number two, shopping carts. Uh, I am continually amazed at the lack of care that almost all retailers take for their shopping carts. And you know what I'm talking, every time you go to the grocery store or to Target or God forbid you get a shopping cart at like an Ocean State job lot, forget it. You're better off wheeling around a fucking uh, cardboard box. But I just wonder, I wonder how much money and probably time they might save uh, by, you know, just spending a modicum of time maintaining these things. And then not to mention the, the number they get thrown out. I would love to know what the average number of shopping carts per year that that a single grocery store throws out. And I, look, and I'm, in some cases, I'm sure they can be recycled, but it, just imagine the fucking pain in the balls. An entire shopping experience can be uh, ruined by by a janky wheel or or an entire ball of yarn wrapped up in, in one of them or a wheel that's locked up from some mystery substance. You're paying someone minimum wage to wrangle these things all day anyway. Why not add like 50 cents to that and have them spend an hour a day maintaining these things so they don't fucking suck? Like, put up a sign that says, hey, is your shopping cart wonky? Put it here. And then the person uh, who's in charge of, of shopping cart maintenance goes over, flips it up, and then removes all the fucking shit that's in a shopping cart wheel so that it's functional. The worst is when you're pushing it down the aisle and it locks up and it just, like, skids. Like, I fucking hate that. Then you like back it up, and then it happens like every ten minutes. It drives me bonkers. You know what else drives me bonkers? Number three, gripe number three: recruiters. Right off the top, I need to make this known. Okay, not all recruiters are soulless ghouls with zero concept of, of the working world or how to actually read a resume. It just happens to seem that most of them are. Not all, just most. 
75% of them are useless. 25% of them are so far and away better than the other 75% that it makes the other 75% look completely fucking worthless. And I'm, I'm sticking with that percentage. I've had far too much contact with, with the 75% over the past few months. And I've come to the realization that most of them, for most of them, it's, it's, it's a game, right? To get, quote, interviews, end quote, lined up or phone calls scheduled. And it's not really to fill the job, okay? It's like, it's not shooting fish in a barrel, which it really should be, especially at this point when, you know, the job market is relatively chock full of jobs. It's a seller's market. In, in other words, you know, <clears throat> companies can can stand being picky at the moment because there are so many people either looking to move. There are not so many people unemployed. Unemployment's very low. But it's the actual moving around of, of you know, currently employed people looking to move. Um. And so it's not so much about filling the job. It's about, you know, how many people can you talk to in the course of a day? It's a very sales mentality. It's a very cold call-y type of thing where it's, you need to make X number of calls per day. So you get a call quota, you have an interview quota, you have a connection quota, whatever you want to call it. That's what I'm guessing most of these low-level recruiters, that's how they function. It's, it's, a, it's a volume thing. It's, it's quantity over quality. I know some who don't get paid unless an offer is, is extended or accepted. But it just seems that the ones that I constantly deal with trolling on, on LinkedIn or on Indeed uh, aren't those people. Case in point, I had a call scheduled for noon on uh, Monday, this past Monday. Noon, so 12 noon. Phone rang at 12.10. So you're already a fuck up. Right out the gate, you've already fucked up. That's not even my biggest gripe, but still, look, get your shit together, okay? If you're going to be a fucking troll, uh, if you're going to try to do something, at least do it somewhat right. If you're on time, you're late. If you're late, you're fired. That's usually how it should go. Anyways, so <clears throat> I got back-to-back messages on LinkedIn from two different people from the same exact company, five minutes apart, uh, looking to fill a role that they both called account manager. Now, uh, my expertise, my, my professional background is in managing accounts, more or less, which is fucking depressing in and of itself, but both of these people saw something in my LinkedIn profile that, that said to them, all right, I'm going to reach out to this guy. They both mentioned my past employer Wayfair in the message. But it was for account managers, what they said, account manager. Now, in my head, account manager means sales or uh, something in that sort of realm, right? Yeah, thank you. Okay. Uh, the rest of the, the ad makes, made it seem as if the company was a wholesaler. 
as she said that they, quote, have a strong presence on Wayfair, end quote. So that tells me that they, this company has product that they sell on Wayfair. Perfect. Great. My last company, sim- not similar, but a wholesaler of a different ilk, but still. So based on that, um, I at least thought that I had, uh, you know, enough uh, of a background to, to necessitate a discussion of some kind. Okay, fine, whatever. I went with the one who reached out to me first just because she was first. That's all. <clears throat> and we set it up for Monday at noon, turned into Monday at 1210. So as we're talking, and I'm going over my background for about 15 minutes, she's asking me, you know, a handful of questions, but not nothing too in-depth. It's just me uh, regurgitating my resume. Uh, I've learned that you can kind of figure out these things and how they're going to go very early on, and that if you just have your resume up and you're just reading from your resume – uh, you know, you, you kind of get the result that you that you think you're going to get. Unfortunately, in this particular instance, I didn't have my resume up, um, you know, because uh, I, sh- I know it. Yeah. <clears throat> so about probably another 10, 15 minutes go by, and she says, uh, we're looking for someone more technical to handle the pricing, posting, and management of the Wayfair platform. Do you have experience doing that? My reply was, do you see that on my resume? Dead serious. Dead serious question. She said, no, I don't. And so I said, no, I don't have experience doing that, so I don't think I'm going to be a good fit for this role. So, you know, instead of giving me a little detail to save both of us some time, right from the jump, she proceeded to make the initial message as vague as possible, simply to get me on the phone and to make that phone call last uh, 15 minutes or so. But, it, you know, I essentially wasted 30 minutes because she was 10 minutes late for a role that I had no earthly chance of securing, and I talked to a person who doesn't seem to be able to read. It's like, what the actual fuck? What am I supposed to do with this? You owe me 30 minutes. How do you get that back? All of this fucking sucks, and I hate it. Absolutely fucking hate it. And it's driving me absolutely fucking bonkers. Anyways, that's it for the show. Uh, Thanks for coming. I do appreciate it. Hope you uh, uh, got through all of it. I'm guessing you didn't, but that's okay. If you did, thanks. If not, well, it is what it is. You managed to come back and hear the end of the show for some weird fucking reason, but that's just kind of who you are, I'm guessing. Weird. Uh, you can go to my Instagram page at Complaints Pod. Go to my uh, Twitter page at Complaints Pod. I do have a Facebook page, but fuck Facebook. I have uh, a YouTube page that I've done nothing with. I have a Twitch channel that I can't figure out. I have a TikTok page that I made a TikTok a couple weeks ago. I got 400 views. Yep. Huge numbers. Um, 617-657-4736, call in with a complaint and or an observation. I'd love to hear from you. If you have a top 10 human that you want to, uh, to nominate, uh, don't hesitate to share that with me via any sort of medium that you may have. You can call in, you can email me, you can text me, you can tweet me, you can DM me, whatever you fucking feel like doing, you can do it. Have at it. If you want to be on the show, if you know somebody who wants to be on the show, let me know. Love interviews. Um, 
yeah, you can go to the merch store, bonfire.com. Look up complaints and observations. And uh, you should find the, the new shirt that I have up. I also have a couple of uh, Roddy Piper ripoff t-shirts that I felt like making one day. So check those out too. And that's it for the show. So thank you as always. I do appreciate it. I ask as always to please tell your friends. If you know anybody who uh, enjoys boring content, please tell them to listen to Complaints and Observations. Um, and, and that'll do. So please uh, take care of yourself. Take care of each other. Godspeed. Ta-ta. <laughs>